Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, back in the saddle in our first episode of the 2024 year. And joining me here to talk all things NBA, it's my main man, Sleepy J. Sleepy, how's it going, my friend? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, man. Doing all right. Can't complain. Getting ready for this um, weekend coming up and then the uh, College Football National Championship on Monday. So it's going to be a fun couple of days here doing some sports betting. Oh, yeah, 100%. I know we have, uh, like you mentioned, the college football playoff happening on Monday. NBA's in full swing as well. Uh, NFL playoffs right around the corner. NHL's in full swing as well. So sports, sports, and more sports are going on right now. Before we know it, the MLB season is going to be here as well. But Sleepy, last week, pretty good uh, day for the pod as far as our picks went last week. Uh, we went 2-0, and um, and I know you had the over in the Blazers and the Spurs game, but there was a caveat that you put that you wanted Anthony Simons uh, in that lineup for the uh, Blazers. He was ruled out, I believe, with an illness, if I'm not mistaken. But um, and I still think that... Uh, Still did get over the total there between the Blazers and the Spurs, but I gave out the Oklahoma City Thunder plus the three and a half against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Uh, rather a sweat-free win there for the Oklahoma City Thunder, an impressive win as well going into Denver and getting the uh, W there. And then our player prop best bet last week, we had De'Aaron Fox over 30 and a half points. This one looked a little bit... Um, I guess on the wrong side of things at halftime, but De'Aaron Fox turned it up in the second half. He finished that game with 31 points. And no, no, you and I were talking about it when it got to the window. Uh, I think it was last week, or sorry, the prior week, where we had Jason Tatum over 25 and a half uh, points, and he ended up with 25. But at least this time, Sleepy, we were on the right side of the hook there. So a pretty good uh, end to the year, I guess we can say, with our picks. Yeah, it looked scary with Fox at halftime. I kind of disregarded it. Uh, when I went and looked and I was like, you know what, man, could he really go out there and score like 25 or 26 or whatever he need? I know he needed a, a, a good amount. I didn't think it, it was going to happen, but I mean, I give it a small percentage chance. So yeah, like you were saying, it was, it was kind of painful to go ahead and get hooked with the Tatum prop a couple of weeks ago, but then to go ahead and cash the Fox prop, I felt like, uh, like we got even. Yeah, we got even and hopefully we can continue uh, our winning streak going into the new year here, sleepy, but I know we've talked a lot about the Clippers on the pod, and they've really turned it around this year uh, as far as, you know, life when they traded for James Harden. Uh, they've started to win some ball games, and they look like they've turned that corner after the struggles that they had, um, you know, once they were trying to integrate James Harden to the lineup. But the other team in L.A., they are really struggling right now, and that is the L.A. Lakers. They have now lost three games in a row, um, and you know, the rumors have it or it's being said that there's some disconnect between Darvin Ham and the locker room. I think last night after the loss against the Miami Heat, LeBron James didn't talk to any of the reporters. Uh, we also seen D'Angelo Russell go to the bench and there's been a new starting lineup, at least for the um, L.A. Lakers. But what are your vibes or what are your thoughts on this team uh, coming into this uh, new year for the L.A. Lakers? They struggled a little bit, obviously, coming out of winning that in-season championship, but uh, what are your thoughts on the Lakers here? I think that that's probably where we should start. How much energy did the Lakers spend to go ahead and win that tournament? I mean, give them credit. They won that. But um, it seemed like at that point that they were playing maybe some of their better basketball that we've seen from that Laker team all year long. 
but I think at some point, you know, LeBron's age is going to catch up with him. Uh, players in the starting lineup like a Prince, like Cam Reddish. I mean, are they really any better than any than average basketball players? I mean, Prince had his best year probably in like year or two of his career when he was with Atlanta. And I can't even say that Cam Reddish really ever had a good year. So you have, you know, two average, two below average, I would say probably below average players in your starting lineup. I think I think the Lakers have to face it. Like they need to make a couple moves here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I get it. Like, you know, Russell's not playing right now. I think he has a, a contusion, back contusion or something like that. But, I mean, this team's just – they're short on stars outside of LeBron and AD. I mean, AD's doing everything, having kind of a, a defensive player of the year run here, MVP type of, of year, you know, for, for AD. But um, they just seem shorthanded. They, I, I think – in order to go ahead and win games in this league, like you need to do things really well, but you can't do really anything extremely poor. And I think that the Lakers' three-point shooting right now is it's down significantly. I know their offensive rebound is down significantly. So, I mean, there are areas that this team can improve, but I think with this current roster in off that they just don't have the guys to go ahead and improve in, in particular areas that they need improvement. So, what I would say for the Lakers, they need to make moves and uh, before the deadline. And then maybe they can go ahead and become a, a little bit better of a team. But right now, uh, this team's really not much better than slightly above average. I agree. I think that one thing that really sticks out to me about this uh, Lakers team is what you mentioned. It's that outside of LeBron and AD, they don't really have a guy that can create his own shot. And especially when it comes down to the playoff time is where defense tightens up that, let's just say, Anthony Davis has an off game or even LeBron has an off game that they need somebody else to create their own shot. And I think they don't have that guy right now on their roster. They were hoping that was supposed to be D'Angelo Russell, but that just hasn't panned out for them yet. And I think that D'Lo will more than likely be on the move as we approach the trade deadline here uh, in the NBA. So I think that they'll be able to turn around, obviously, when you have two arguably top five talents right now in on your team with LeBron and AD, you always have a chance to win, right? And then and in a seven game playoff series, you know, I definitely would be wanting to put my money if those two guys are healthy for the LA Lakers. And they have guys also on the defensive side of the basketball. We talk about the Jared Vanderbilt's of the world. We talked about the Torian Prince of the world. Also Anthony Davis as well. He's having a defensive player of the year caliber year uh, on the defensive side of the basketball uh, for the LA Lakers. So, I think that you're right that they probably need to go out and get another shot creator, whether it's, you know, the rumors have been about Zach Levine, whether it's DeMar DeRozan, uh, somebody of that caliber that might, you know, that can create their own shot as well. I think that only propel the Lakers to, you know, be in contention and in the Western Conference, I believe sleepy that it's pretty much wide open in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily wide open. I kind of think it's it's going to become top heavy at some point. Yeah, um, I think like the playoff seating, you know, within like five, six, seven through ten or whatever. I think that's pretty much wide open. I think there's a lot of teams that can get in there, but I don't see the Lakers with this current roster contending for, you know, a top three or four seed. I just I I don't see that. You know, one of the names that I was thinking about, DeRozan would be a guy that that I wouldn't bring to this team because he doesn't really create any outside shooting, which I think that the the Lakers certainly need. Believe it or not, I was thinking maybe why not give Kyle Kuzma another another trial in L.A.? I could see a guy like him working out. I'm not sure if Levine will. You know, I mean, he's got injury issues. I mean, he's currently right now, what's he doing? He's running around the G League trying to get back 
you know, to the Bulls, and I'm not even sure the Bulls even want him. So, um, believe it or not, one of the names I think that actually could help this team is, is Kuzma uh, because he, he can assist the basketball, he can rebound, and he's played a, a much different role in Washington. And I actually think that that role might help him if, if they brought him back to the Lakers. So that was just one name that I was kind of thinking about. But I think another another area that the Lakers really are struggling with right now is that they don't have like a real six man that they can depend on to go out there, run the offense and go ahead and get and fill up the bucket. So I guess I'm kind of just uh, talking in circles here with this Lakers team. Like It seems to me like they do have, you know, uh, many issues. But I mean, there are players out there that they can get to help this roster out. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that again, when we talk about getting to the trade, that's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, what moves the Lakers to make. Turning the page here, sleepy to the Friday card, a full fourteen game schedule in the association on Friday night, and we'll touch on three games that do stand out to us here on the Friday night schedule. First, we'll start here with an Eastern Conference matchup uh, between the New York Knicks. And the Philadelphia 76ers, we did see the return of Joel Embiid uh, against the Chicago Bulls the other night. But currently, right now, as the line stands in this game between the Sixers hosting the New York Knicks, currently the Sixers are a six and a half point home favorite with a total of 227 and a half in this game here. Sleepy, what are your thoughts on the spread here? Well, if you guys are skipping to the end to listen to the best bets. Stay tuned because this is going to be the best bet for me for the podcast. I'm going to go and I'm going to play the under 227 and a half. Both of these teams are going to be on a back-to-back. So immediately I ask myself, how much will the starters end up playing in this game? And I think that, you know, obviously they're probably not going to get a full run here. I think that that probably will impact the scoring. And I know, you know, that the Knicks went ahead and they had the addition of OG and the departure of Barrett. I think that that move tells me that the Knicks really are focused more on defense right now than they are offense. And the Knicks in the last two games, you know, they only allowed 100 points and 106 points in their last two games. So I think that that, you know, that clearly helps them. This is kind of like one of those rivalry games, one of those East Coast rivalry games, and these teams haven't seen each other yet. So I kind of expect both teams to kind of measure each other out because there is a, you know, I wouldn't say a super high probability, but a high probability that these teams see each other in the playoffs. And they haven't seen each other yet this year. And both teams are coming in here rested. And when I see rest, I think defense first. So I like the under 227 in this one. I'm going to make that my best bet. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, an extremely low-scoring game here. I'm surprised that the total went from 223 all the way up to 227. Uh, Typically in the NBA, you don't see syndicates trying to push this up. This is more of a college basketball move. So uh, I just think that there's a lot of betters getting on this over here. And I feel 227 and a half right now is probably the high point in which we'll see. So at this point, I'll go ahead. I'll play the under and make that my best bet for Friday. Sixers on the season have been one of the better defensive teams in the league. They are second in defensive rating with a rating of 110. And over the last five games for the Sixers, that's still been consistent. Even in the absence of Joel Embiid, they are uh, still number four as far as defensive rating in the entire association uh, when it does come to um, defensive rating. Also, they don't play at a very fast pace. I mean, we've seen it without Joel Embiid in the lineup and with him in the lineup, frankly, um, they are bottom six in pace when it comes to, uh, you know, playing at a fast or slow tempo. And New York Knicks also middle of the pack there as far as pace goes. So a lot of times when I'm looking at, 
know, playing overs. I like to see teams that are playing at a fast pace and being efficient on the offensive side. But when we talk about the Sixers team who are one of the slower paced teams in the association and a very good defensive rated team that typically bodes well uh, for an underplay in this game. So best bet for sleepy again, the under between the Philadelphia 76ers and the New York Knicks under 227 and a half as it stands right now. So let's get over to the Western Conference here. Another matchup that we want to get into here, the Los Angeles Clippers, who we talked a lot about on this po- uh, on this podcast. They are going to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. And both of these teams are relatively healthy. We've seen um, you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George playing for a majority of the games here. Russell Westbrook coming off of the bench for the LA Clippers. Obviously, James Harden has found his groove and his role here with the Clippers here as well. You know, on their side for the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, they got their defensive guys back. We talked about this, I believe, uh, on previous pods that they were missing guys like Trey Murphy and um, Herb Jones. Jose Alvarado is back uh, for this Pelicans team as well. I do believe Trey Murphy will be missing this game uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans. But currently, as it stands right now, this game is a pick 'em between these two Western Conference opponents with a total of 228 and a half. What are your thoughts on this game uh, between the Pelicans and the Clippers? Yeah, I would probably go ahead and side here with the Pelicans here at home. I think that you and I would probably agree when both of these teams are healthy, both of these teams are going to be pretty good. And the Pelicans have been good. And I think one of the one of the ways that you can say is this Pelicans team getting better and better is by their road record. This team hasn't lost a road game going all the way back to early December. It was a game in which they got absolutely blown out by the Lakers. It was probably one of their worst losses in, in the last couple of years. I mean, they were beat by like 45 points in that game. And since that game, they haven't lost on the road. Now, I know that this game is at home. But this team's won four straight games, and I think that, you know, I, I like how you you talk about the measuring stick type of game, and I think that this is another one of those. Like, they just went on the road, played Minnesota. We know how good Minnesota is and what their record is. And Zion went out there and had a monster game, 27 points. I think now coming back at home, this team hasn't looked all that great recently uh, at home. I mean, they've probably lost, like, I don't know, maybe like three or four out of their last five or six games. So I think they want to go ahead and get this one under their belt. They do have a West Coast swing here coming up, going ahead, closing out a win here at home, feeling pretty good, winners of five straight in a row if they can get this win here going into that West Coast swing. I think that this will be a motivating win for them and probably carry them through you know, the West Coast swing. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the Pelicans here. I have nothing really bad to say about the Clippers at all. Uh, I've been betting them quietly uh, on, on my own and going ahead and cashing tickets left and right because – that team's been playing really well. I think they're like eight and two over like their last 10 games. So these two teams are going to be good. I, I really think that these two teams are going to be near the top when all said and done in the West, because I just think that there's just that much talent uh, on both sides of the ball for both of these teams. But I'll take the Pelicans here in this spot. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on the Pelicans here, but I'm going to get in and get out with my money and take the Pelicans in the first half. And the Pelicans have been the best team in the first half against the spread. They're 26-8-1 against the spread in the first half. And at home this season in the first half, the Pelicans are 15-3-1 against the spread. And I've seen the Pelicans, when they get out to lead, especially at half, because they have been so good uh, at the half, that they led teams back 
um, in that second half. We saw it multiple times when they faced the Grizzlies when John Moran came back. Uh, I think it was that first game where actually John Moran came back for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, that they were up at the half, and then we saw John Moran you know, hit that game-winning layup. They played him a few nights later. Again, they were out to a lead in that first half and let uh, the Grizzlies come back again, forced overtime, uh, did the Grizzlies. But I think this Pelicans team, they've been they've been coming out of the gate strong, and I think this is going to be another opportunity for them, even though they are facing a red-hot Clippers team here, uh, to get come into their building and take care of business early here. So I'm looking at the Pelicans here in the first half. Uh, against the LA Clippers. I don't mind that pick at all. And I think that maybe one thing that we should bring up enough, and I'm pretty sure that you probably spotted this as well. And this is something that we use a lot in football. And we we basically say like sandwich situations. They just came off of a road win against Phoenix. And now you have to play the Pelicans, but you have the Lakers on deck next back in your building. So I think it's kind of one of those sandwich spot situations here for them. Yeah. And again, like we talk about, um, especially at this time of year where we're starting to see a lot of these teams that are going to be playing on back-to-back situations, right? And again, we talk about that that look-ahead spot, but especially on um, on Saturday night for the, both of these teams, I should say, or sorry, I should say on um, on Sunday, that these teams are going to be in action as well. And like you mentioned, it's going to be the Sunday night game back in what is now called the Crypto.com Arena between the Clippers and the Lakers. So, um i yeah i like the pelicans here i don't hate the full game here as well i think they'll be getting up for this spot uh against the uh clippers here as well and again when we talk about playoff seedings and head-to-head tiebreakers and things like that this uh, may just come into um fruition at the towards the end of the season if they are battling for playoff position so maybe moving on to the third game uh, that we want to talk about here on the friday night schedule it is going to be that other la team that we talked about at the top of this episode, that is going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. They are hosting the Memphis Grizzlies at home. Currently, this line is in favor of the LA Lakers by five points. The Lakers are a five-point home favorite here with a total of 228 in this game. And we we'll always see Anthony Davis, LeBron James always on the injury report, but more times a night, more times than not, those two players do end up playing um for their for the LA Lakers, I should say. But Rui Achimura has been ruled out for this game for the LA Lakers. And also D'Angelo Russell is doubtful for this game for the LA Lakers. He is dealing with a tailbone contusion. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, we know about the injuries that they've been dealing with. Obviously, they've lost Steven Adams for the year. Brandon Clark um is working his way back. It might be sooner rather than later. Derek Rose is going to be out for this game as well. And Vince Williams Jr has a left foot soreness. He is officially lives as questionable for this game. But Sleepy, minus five right now in favor of this Lakers team hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like it's a bit much here for the Lakers to be laying points, especially with how much that their offense has been struggling to score. And the fact that the Grizzlies, you have to be a pretty good defensive team or at least have all your ducks in a row because John Morant's out there. Uh, zipping around and, and creating offense on his own. And it's just the, the Grizzlies just become a hard team to go ahead and defend. And I know Memphis has struggled a little bit, but, you know, they've played some teams that can go ahead and fill it up, uh, notably the, the the Clippers, as we just talked about, a team like the Kings and the Nuggets. But I think that it's just a couple too many points here for the Lakers to lay right now. If the Lakers are playing a little bit better basketball, I maybe could understand. But I think the Grizzlies coming off of a loss, both teams are coming off of a loss. Uh, I think the Grizzlies are going to step up here. You know, we talk about 
know, teams having target on their backs. The Lakers are a team, they're always going to have a target on their back. I think the Grizzlies are trying to go ahead and say, you know, are we as good as we were, you know, the last couple of years when we were a fully healthy ball club? Um, I just think that the Grizzlies just keep this one maybe a little bit closer than, than the line suggests. Uh, maybe Lakers minus two, maybe I would consider. But at five, I would probably go ahead and, and play Memphis here. Yeah, I, I really do like the under uh, in this game. And both these offenses have been struggling over the last five games. You take a look at the Memphis Grizzlies offensive rating wise. They are dead last in the association. Uh, the Lakers are also bottom six in that category as well. And if you also take a look at the trends, the home and road splits for this Lakers team, they have been a uh, cash cow towards the under in their uh, home games this season. So on the road for the Lakers, 13 and six to the over, but in their home games this season, they're actually 11 and five uh, towards the under, only averaging 222 points per game. So I think with two struggling offenses here, I think the game may slow down a little bit as far as pace goes. I know the Lakers like pushing pace a little bit. They are top uh, half of the league and pushing pace, but they just haven't been very efficient offensive wise. And then when LeBron does come off the floor or AD does come on the f- off the floor for this team, this offense does get a little bit stagnant. Now you're missing a guy like Rui Yachimura who, you know, if you watch Lakers game, especially in the playoffs last year, he was a guy that was coming in, providing a lot of offense for this team and not having him. They've been without Gabe Vincent for an extended amount of time as well. So it's going to be a little tough for this uh, Lakers team to find offense. So, I like the under 228 and a half in this game. I think I also on the side agree with you uh, taking the Grizzlies here plus the uh, points here. I think John Morant um, is going to be a very difficult matchup for this uh, for this Lakers defense. So um, any thoughts on the under there for this game? I have no problem with that because, as you noted, even now Memphis is struggling to go ahead and score points. So you know, if you take two teams that are struggling to go ahead and score points, you would probably assume that they take a little bit more of a calculated type of approach in this game where it's like, let's act, let's run some actual plays. Now their field goal percentage might be a little bit higher, but that's going to eat into the shot clock a little bit more as these teams search for more effective type of offense. So uh, I kind of like your angle there. Both teams struggling to go ahead and score points. So I think the under is certainly worth a look. I love it. All right. Uh, you already gave out your best bet, Sleepy. So let me give out my best bet for the Friday card in the association. And I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them, because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect, is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. 
DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with Pick 6? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. I'm going to go back to the team that uh, cashed my best bet for me last week. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are going to be in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. And currently, the Thunder are a five and a half point road favorite here. Um, and these are two teams, Sleepy, that are going in opposite directions. The Nets this season, they started off as one of the best teams against the spreads. In the first 20 games of the regular season, the Nets were 14 5 and 1 against the spread. But over the last 14 games of the regular season, the Nets are just 3-11 straight up and 2-12 and against the spread. And over the last five games of the season, the Nets are the second worst offensive rated team and have a net rating of minus 17, which is the absolute worst in the association. Also, the Nets are coming off a four-game road trip um, out, off of the West Coast. And typically, we see these teams that come home after a long road trip. They want to get things right and know. Uh, things with their family they want to go to the barber or whatever the case might be with personal things that they want to take care of but teams this season coming off of a four game road trip and their next game is at home those teams are 11 20 and one against the spread just at a 35 and a half percent uh covering rate there and i mentioned two teams that are going opposite direction where the thunder they've been the complete opposite on the season the thunder are the best team against the spread this season 23-9-1 against the spread, 71.9%. And they're also the best team covering on the road uh, with a record of 9-4-1. and one. And over the last five games this season, the Thunder are the second-best offensive-rated team with a net rating of uh, plus 10.2. They are coming off a loss against Atlanta on um, Tuesday night. And this season, after a loss, Sleepy, the Thunder are 7-2 and two straight up and 7-1-1 one and one against the spread. So I like the Thunder in this spot. I think that this team, um, if you're an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, I'm not sure if there's a lot of fans that I know outside of Oklahoma City that are Thunder fans, but this team is trending in the right directions. Chet uh, has taken over as the odds-on favorite for Rookie of the Year. SGA has, I believe, now third. Um a third favorite to win MVP for the regular season. Their um, supporting cast of Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy has looked good as well. Um, and they're a very well coached team. So I think uh, they're going to go into Brooklyn against a struggling Brooklyn team. I think they take care of business here coming off the loss against the Atlanta Hawks. So give me the Thunder minus five and a half as my best bet here, Sleepy, for the Friday card. 
Yeah, I don't mind that one at all. I think one of the things with this Brooklyn team that I've kind of expected and I didn't know if we would see it yet was that these, I don't want to call these guys like journeymen, like a Finney Smith or a Cam Johnson or a Dinwiddie. These are guys that were on teams at one point that were, you know, moved away from, from particular teams and sent to another. I feel like players like that, and I've, I've felt like this Brooklyn team had a lot of these type of players where, you know, you had a Royce O'Neal, maybe a Cam Thomas or something like that. Eventually, there, there's just something that they do, and we're not, you know, professional basketball players or coaches, that it, it just like legitimately hurts the team. In some mm-hmm. type of way, from from a yep. basketball X's and O standpoint, and I think that the that it's starting to kind of uh, it's starting to show that there are a lot of things that that many of these players can't do, and uh, after a while, I feel now like it's starting to uh, to fizzle over, and and a lot of the offense with some of these guys, uh, especially when it comes to scoring, is starting to fizzle away. So I don't want to go out and and say that. You know that that these guys can't go out there and have have a game or two, but I think that that's really all this team could really have is a game or two. And when uh, we see this in baseball, sometimes like when a lineup is just struggling to hit, um, they go out there and they lose a lot of games in a row. And I feel like that's kind of kind of Brooklyn right now is that that like their lineup is just struggling right now to go ahead and get hits. And uh, I think it probably continues here, especially against the OKC team who's surging right now. Um, so yeah, I would be with you. It's going to be hard for me to go ahead and. and press the button on Brooklyn uh, probably, you know, anytime soon until I think one of the, one of the issues with Brooklyn right now is that they have too many guys on the bench that they're trying to feed. Like there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. I think that that's where a lot of their struggles start with. Uh, You can't have every single starter on your team taking double digit shots and then half your bench coming out, taking double digit shots. Like nobody can get into a rhythm. And that's why I'm I'm kind of going back to saying like it feels like a cold lineup uh, that nobody could really get in a rhythm. So that's just kind of necessary. I guess that's how I feel about Brooklyn right now. But yeah, I would be with the Thunder because they seem like they have at least all their ducks kind of in a row, and they know you know they know their rotations right now. Yeah, it feels like there's no identity to this Brooklyn Nets team right now because you mentioned there's there's a there's a lot of players on this team that are that could be that third, fourth, three, and D wing guys for contending teams, right? I know Mikhail Bridges is probably one of the players of the future for this Nets team. But after that, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie has not been playing good basketball as well. Cam Tom, uh, Cam Thomas has been, you know, we've seen him have games where he's looked like a bona fide score. And there's just games where he just doesn't get the minutes for uh, this Brooklyn Nets team. So um, yeah, hopefully the Thunder can continue um covering the spread here and making it two for two uh two for two for me at least back in the thunder and on back-to-back uh pods here for um the nba card here cb we are uh in the 2024 year and like you mentioned a lot of sports are going on right now with the college uh football national championship on monday nba is in full swing obviously college basketball MLB around the corner, NHL. Tell our listeners everything that's happening right now on pregame.com and what they can take advantage of. Well, certainly take advantage of the college football national title game. Uh, if you guys simply enter code HOOPS20, you guys could save 20% on that. Uh, I know there's a lot of pros right now at pregame.com that have that particular national championship game up already. And you also will have all of the NFL playoff packages coming up as well. So if you guys are looking for prop plays, teasers, any, any type of picks, you know, for the playoffs, um, they'll all be included in, in all the pros packages. So 
Simply enter code HOOPS20. You guys can save 20% off there, anything at pregame.com. And now's a pretty good time uh, to go ahead and jump in, especially for you know, maybe like a yearly or something like that, or even a monthly, because the month just pretty much just kicked off. It's a new year, so um, that might just be something that you guys are looking into. So HOOPS20, go ahead and do that there at pregame.com. There we go. So let's get over to our player prop best bet for this Friday night uh, card in the association. We talked about it last week that we were on the right side of the hook with uh, De'Aaron Fox uh, getting us to the window uh, going over 30 and a half points. And uh, for our player prop best bet for the Friday card here, we're going to go with Cleveland Cavaliers starting center Jared Allen. His rebounds and assists to go over 17 and a half in this matchup against the Washington Wizards. And you take a look at this Cleveland team right now, Sleepy, and they are dealing with some injuries in their starting lineup, right? They've been without Darius Garland. They've been without Evan Mobley. Um, and the two guys that obviously have stepping up, uh, stepped up for this Cavaliers team in those absence of those two guys has not only been Donovan Mitchell, he had to also miss some time as well, but Jared Allen, has been playing very well for this uh, Cleveland Cavaliers team in the absence of those two stars. And you take a look over the last five games for the uh, for Jared Allen, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's uh, playing close to 35 minutes per game, averaging 21.2 points per game in that span as well. But more importantly, he's averaging 16.4 rebounds per game and also averaging six assists per game. And I think you know, when I was researching um um, a player props for the Friday card. What really jumped out to me was the assist that Jared Allen has been racking up for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. Um, like I mentioned, he's averaging six assists per contest over the last five games. He had a monster game against the Washington Wizards in the last game on Wednesday night, where he finished that game with 19 rebounds and seven assists. And he's gone over this projection of 17 and a half in four of the last five games. And I'll Add this before I turn it over to you here, Sleepy, is that the Washington Wizards have been struggling uh, keeping opposing big men off of the boards here. And just to put into perspective, the Wizards against the center position are allowing 18.3 rebounds to that center position. That is the most rebounds uh, that the Wizards are allowing to that center position in the entire association. So, Jared Allen rebounds and assists over 17 and a half. This is currently at even money on DraftKings right now, Sleepy. What are you thinking about our player prop best bet here? I love it. And I don't even, I don't think we're going to need the assist, to be honest with you. Mm. Jared Allen is is probably more than likely going to go ahead and gobble up and chew up Gafford. I think you have to go back to the last game because this is going to be a back-to-back. They just played the Wizards, and Jared Allen had 19 rebounds in that game. But more importantly... As you were talking about all the minutes that he played, he only played 29 minutes in that game. Yeah. So let's say he got pushed in that game to 35 minutes or, or 36 or 37 or whatever. I mean, he, there's a couple of games he's played, you know, 40 minutes recently. He probably could have gotten upwards of 20, 20 rebounds. So the assist for me, I think once more than likely that are going to end up being like gravy. That That's just the way that I see. Uh, I could see him going over the – over the 17 and a half just based on last game and how much he's relied on right now. So I love this one. I think he goes over on rebounds alone. I think any assists that we get, especially early on, um, that they're going to be gravy. Like they're really going to help 
later on in the game as we get closer and closer to the fourth quarter. But don't be shocked if this cash is in the third. Yeah, Jared Allen in the last 10 career games head-to-head against the Washington Wizards is averaging 12.6 rebounds per contest. Um, He's been in double-digit rebounds in nine of those 10 games uh, against the Washington Wizards. And also, like we mentioned, um, the assist in the head-to-head matchups historically has not been there. But like we mentioned, without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley in the lineup that, you know, um, Jared Allen has uh, found a way to facilitate and find his guys offensively as well. So Sleepy does it. I, I think I'm with you, Sleepy. I think this is going to be a game where he ha- has another monster night on the rebounds. Don't be surprised if he does have another game of 17 to 19 rebounds in this game. And like you said, that, that the assist uh, just turned into gravy here for us on our player prop best bets. Hopefully we can um, string together a winning streak here. So again, our player prop best bet for the Friday card is going to be Jared Allen rebounds and assists combined over 17 and a half. That one is currently at even money over on DraftKings. So we'll be getting over to uh, Friday. Obviously, that means it's going to be our Friday five um, contest that we will have on pregame.com as we usually do. And we'll kick it off here with our Friday five. Uh, You want to lead us off? Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll lead off here. Let's start out here with SGA. Uh, last time out against Brooklyn might actually raise a little bit of a red flag for you. He went out, he only had 24 points in that game, which was one of his lowest games, you know, in probably over a month. But I think that you got to go back to that game, and he only had 15 attempts in that game. But SGA not putting up 20, 25 shots um, is, I guess, let's just say it's a rarity. So I think that that game was actually just a rare situation for him, and I don't think it was that Brooklyn was doing anything you know, special to go ahead and, and prevent him from shooting. So I think that he can go out there, maybe even, I don't want to say double what he took in that, that last game, but uh, at least probably take 20 some shots in this game. I would be surprised if he didn't get the 30. I mean, he averages 31 points on the year. So uh, I think 30 plus here for SGA is, is certainly within reach. And then the other guy I'll go ahead and take, and I'm only going to take Luca uh, here is just because it's Luca. Uh, I know Kyrie's back in the lineup right now. So that would probably knock down a little bit of, of Lucas' stats. But sometimes I think that, like, the star players in this league, like an Embiid or like a Luka, uh, you know, maybe like a Donovan Mitchell or somebody like that, that when their next, you know, when, when their sidekick guy is out, that everything just gets put on them. And it, it takes, you know, more than a couple games in order for, you know, that sidekick guy to go back there and get back to his normal touches. Like, that star player is still looking to go out there and score. So a lot of people might go ahead and shy away from Luke. I don't think many will, but uh, I don't think that we should as of right now. I would say maybe give Kyrie a couple more games before he starts to eat into Luca's production, but not right now, not in this particular game. So SGA is going in the Friday five, and so is Luca. Luca in back-to-back games this season against the Portland Trailblazers has at uh, 30 points at the half. Um, and I know I think we were on Luca as one of our player prop best bets when they were playing Portland. And that was a game I believe he finished with, uh, I think it was 40, 39 or 40 points in that game. Um, but again, yeah, I can't leave Luca out of our Friday five. Uh, the next guy we'll go here with is going to be Joel Embiid. I mean, this guy just picked up right where he left off uh, after missing uh, a couple of games with the ankle injury that he did have. But in the return against the Chicago Bulls, uh, he scored 31 points in that game, finished with a triple-double. And now he's going up against the New York Knicks, who... Obviously, have been without uh, Mitchell Robinson for an extended time now. They had to go out and make a trade. Uh, they got some backup center help with Precious, Precious Achua 
coming over in that trade with the Raptors. But I mean, when you're trying to guard Joel Embiid, it's good luck because he finds ways to get opposing big men or opposing defenders in foul trouble. And Joel Embiid is a guy that we know, number one, is very efficient from the paint. He's efficient from the perimeter as well. And he's a guy that can get to the free throw line as well. And he can knock down your occasional three-point shots for you as well. So over the last five games when Joel Embiid has played, he's averaging 39 points per game at home this season in 17 games, averaging 34.2 points. And on the season thus far, 34.8 points per game. So we'll throw him in to our Friday five as well. Uh, Going over to a matchup. Uh, sleepy that has probably the highest total of the season uh, between the Atlanta Hawks and the Indiana Pacers currently with a total of 264. Now, obviously, if you're going to be playing player props in this game, you're going to be looking at a lot of overs. Uh, we got to go with our guy Tyrese Halliburton in this game. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is having a all-star caliber year. I think uh, you take a look at the matchup that he has against this Atlanta Hawks perimeter defense who doesn't play a lot of defense. I know he's only averaging 24.9 points per game on the season. But in the matchup earlier this season, Sleepy, against his Hawks team, he had 37 points in that game and tacked on 16 assists in that game as well. So I think the pace will be high in this game. Obviously, we'll see seeing a lot of shot making in this game here as well. And Tyrese has been playing the minutes uh, for this uh, Indiana Pacers team as well. And Buddy Heald has... I don't know if he's in the doghouse or whatever the case might be, but he's been moved to the bench. He's only averaging about 13 to 15 minutes uh, per contest for the Indiana Pacers. So right now at the forefront, it is going to be Tyrese Halliburton. So we'll throw him in to our Friday five as well. The last guy we'll throw in is going to be uh, Donovan Mitchell of the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. And we mentioned it that the injuries that the Cleveland Cavaliers are dealing with without Evan Mobley, without Darius Garland, and all that scoring responsibility and the usage rate, frankly, falls on the shoulders of Donovan Mitchell. They did, like we mentioned, match up um, a couple nights ago where at the half, uh, Donovan Mitchell was absolutely dominating this Washington Wizards defense. And he only played 24 minutes in that game because it turned out to be a 39-point victory for the Washington, uh, sorry, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Did finish that game with 22 points, but... On the season, Donovan Mitchell averaging 27.7 points per game. Uh, We know he's going to play the minutes. We know he's going to get the field goal attempts as well. The usage rate is going to be through the roof as well. He's also getting the three-point attempts in this game. Now he's going up against a Washington Wizards uh, three-point defense. That is one of the worst in the league, and he's averaging close to 10 attempts from three-point land over the last five games as well. So don't be surprised if we do see Donovan Mitchell here sleepy and have another 30-plus point game to round out our uh friday five here with donovan mitchell wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me if any of the guys you know had monster games i like the fact that you know we're at least looking at some mvp type guys like Embiid's up there luca's up there even halliburton's up there which is quite surprising at 40 to 1 in the mvp odds and if you guys don't know what the friday five is this is something especially over the last couple of weeks i've i've really slacked on uh, if you guys go to pregame.com you guys will find the Friday five thread. And what you guys can do is go in there and pick your five players. And if you guys end up with a higher point total than the five guys that myself and Manoff and everybody else in that thread has, if your team ends up as the highest scoring team, you'll win 55 pregame bulk dollars. And you could use those on anything there at pregame.com to go ahead and purchase picks there. So make sure you guys go to pregame.com. You'll see the thread. It'll say Friday five. You'll see my picks and Manoff's picks in there. 
then enter your five guys and that thread will lock at seven o'clock p.m and then i'll go ahead i'll grade those picks and i'll alert the winner that they ended up with their 55 pregame bulk dollars that'll be in their account and they can use them there at pregame.com so make sure you guys go ahead and do that hopefully uh Manoff and i go ahead and we we knock out another winner yeah, I hope so. We've had uh, one winner this season uh, for the Friday Five, and hopefully we can uh, get to the window again with our uh, Friday Five for this first Friday of the 2024 year. Sleepy, so, that's going to wrap it up, my friend, for this uh, episode of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Any parting words for our wonderful listeners? Uh, no. Have a good weekend. Hopefully your New Year starts out on the right foot. And uh, I'll keep it short, I'll keep it sweet, and keep it at that. Yeah, hopefully we found some more winners here on this Friday episode for the NBA schedule. Uh, we will be back uh, hopefully Friday night for uh, previewing the Saturday games uh, on the NBA card. If not, we will talk to you guys uh, then next week. Good luck with your bets, and we'll talk to you guys down the road.